Hey, hey, what's up? Tadato and LZ, our boy Scotty Caps hanging out with us today. Hope you voted on election day. And speaking of voting, Cap, did you finally go vote? Because we know you were so anti doing the mail-in thing. You wanted to go in and do it the old school way. Did it work out? It did. Jorge Sedano, hermano numero uno, hola. Um, George, yes, I did, man. I actually, this morning, 6.45 a.m., George, I went to the polling place. There were about seven to ten people in line in front of me. Everybody was wearing a mask. Everybody was socially distant. And I waited. I filled out whatever paperwork I needed to. I mean, I had been registered, but they wanted your name and address and everything else. I walked in. I went to some guy who was there volunteering. Thank you to all the volunteers out there. That's something I would never do, but thank you for doing what you do. And I got my ballot, George, and I swear to you, I stood there. I stood there and I looked, George. I, 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 it's not that I was really indecisive. It's just that I was like, wow, here I, I'm finally here. Pens in my hand. Yeah. Ballots right there. Wow, it's time to make a decision. Right. Now, there are a lot of people running for president in America that I've <laughs> yeah. never heard of. It, it, it is not just Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump. Right. Yes, there are a lot more people there that, that I, I'd never heard of them either, to be honest with you. So. I just thought that it would be an interesting thing that if you spent a lot of time energy and money to get your name onto the ballot which seems like an incredibly difficult thing to do right that you you might want to expose the rest of us to who you are i didn't know who anybody was from the lib party i i didn't know what the pf party was i literally thought you know what i was going to say right i was i was going to order from chang's the ai party i thought was alan iverson then i thought it was artificial intelligence i i didn't know what any of these parties were so if I if I if it were me and I were running in the the GRN party, I would I would want to let people know who I am. That's just the thing. Yeah, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I I agree totally. Um, so I, I'm glad you were able to get it done. I'm glad we didn't have to call you or get you the mobile app, you know, to be able to get on the show. I'm glad we're all good and things are good to go now. I gotta um, say, I gotta say that one thing, George, that, yeah? that maybe I'm kind of like trying to resolve my own personal emotions about all yeah? of this. Uh huh. I'm wondering if I really only voted just to get the sticker. <laughs> well, it does give you some clout, it feels like, right? right. Like, it's just like, hey, we've got this thing done. Like, I did this thing that everyone's doing. I did my, uh, you know, civil, uh, you know, uh, duty, basically. Yeah. That's kind of the way you got to feel about it. So. Yeah, I feel like if I don't have a sticker, I get vote shamed. Right, you do. And you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it, to be honest yeah. with you. If yeah. I did speak to one place. friend this morning, though. I said, who are you going to vote for? Or I said, when are you going to go vote? Or have you voted? He yeah. said, I'm, I'm exercising my right to not vote. And I said, oh, okay. He said, what does it matter? What does it really matter in the state of California? What's it matter? I said, all right. Hey, again, to each their own. Don't complain. So don't don't right. complain. Don't, There's a lot of, by the way, beyond the presidency, and we don't have to get on to this for too much longer because we've got NBA news. Um, there are a lot of props. And boy, did I have to do some studying on those things. There's a lot of things that affect the uh, residents here in the state of California beyond uh, just the presidential election. So, right on. Um, speaking of decisions, the NBA is trying to make a decision with the NBA Players Association. You and I discussed this a little yesterday. Now, Sham Sharania of The Athletic is reporting this, that there are two scenarios on the table at the moment. December 22nd, which is what we discussed the week leading up to Christmas, 72 games, regular season ends in mid-May, finals finish around July 22nd, uh, and then you'd have the draft and free agency basically in August, and maybe summer league if 
you know, there's a vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd get the Christmas revenue, which is big, okay? And the game revenue, which is big, right? The, the added games. If they start on January 18th, 60 games, regular season ends in June, finals end around August 21st. Um, you, you know, you, you're still doing okay because you're just running up against, in theory, you know, maybe some NFL preseason. Uh, not terrible per se, uh, but I, I, you're losing a lot of money there if you're the players and the owners because this isn't just about the owners losing money. The players are going to lose money too if there's less games. Everyone loses money if there's less games. And I just think ultimately, Scott, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I am a firm believer, okay, that you shouldn't make a decision solely based on money, okay? But I do think that when you're talking about billions of dollars, okay? Now, I've taken jobs, right, where I've said to myself, you know what, this job may pay more than this job, but, you know, the difference aren't millions and billions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's good money, right? Like, it's money that I, you know, that helps me live, helps me put, you know, take care of my family, um, you know, an extended family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not that. There's a lot, and there's a lot of people involved. Like, when I'm dis- deciding between a job, or any of us are deciding between a job, it's ourselves and basically our immediate family. In this situation, there's 450 players. There's a whole league full of employees, right? Probably 100-plus employees. Uh, plus, the teams have employees, over 100-plus employees on each team, and there's 30 teams, right? There's a lot of people involved in the basketball uh, economic uh, wheel here and man I, I just don't think considering after everything that transpired the ratings being down and, and, and everything that they had to endure and god bless them that they were able to endure all the stuff that they dealt with in the bubble i, I just think you gotta suck it up and get right at this thing man george so okay i feel like i could probably make a decent enough argument on both sides But if I were a player, and when I say a player, I don't mean LeBron or AD. I'm not talking about Harden or or the upper, the truly upper echelon players, the guys that are making the really big, life-changing, generational kind of money. Take those guys out of the equation for a minute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but talk about the middle of the road guy. So if I'm the middle of the road guy in the NBA and I'm just listen I was a second round draft choice I've played on five different teams right. in in six seasons I've bounced up and down you know and and I've had to go to Europe at some point I'm or just the hanging G League on. right like an Alex Caruso he's the perfect example He's a, he's the exact guy that I was going to try and be I'm Alex Caruso now and look we won a championship and I feel great about everything and I bank some money but the reality is if LeBron asks me to go on vacation with him in the off season, I can't keep up. So unless LeBron is taking me on vacation, we're in different financial stratospheres, even though we're in the same locker room. Can we yeah. agree on that? Agreed. Okay. So for me, if I'm a player, here's the, what I want to get to the bottom line. I don't want to hear about this number of games, that number of games, this start date, that start date, this finish, this finish. It's real simple for me. How much am I going to make in option one? And how much will I make in option two? And if in option one, the difference is 25, 30, 40%, I want to go with wherever I can make the most money. So if it means I've got to start playing and we've got to go to training camp and look, here we are. What's today's date? Does anybody know? Uh, today's November 3rd. 
I should absolutely know that because it's election Tuesday. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait a second. I'll go. I'll go a step further. It's my daughter's fourteenth birthday. How do I not yeah, know the date? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she's not listening. Then Maybe I should call her and wish yeah. her a happy birthday. Probably. Anyway. So look, all I'm saying is, is that if I'm a player, I'm looking at what is the difference in the money, and if the difference is really significant because I'm a middle of the road guy and I'm hanging on and I'm not making LeBron money, I'm pl- I'm playing wherever I can make the most money. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. What do you want from the NBA players? If you're a Lakers fan, do you want them to rest, play less games, and start in mid-January? Or do you want them to take advantage of Christmas, play the most games possible? Uh, Hit us up, 877-710-ESPN. Coming up next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yankee Doodle. Techno Yankee Doodle. I never thought I'd ever. I, listen, I've heard a lot of EDM music over my years, okay? I've heard a lot of techno songs. I don't think I've ever heard Yankee Doodle done techno. That'd be a good one for 4th of July. Yeah? Yeah, with the fireworks going off. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily sober either, perhaps. No, I have like this whole picture in my head now of like, um, remember like those old Madonna videos where she would have like some kind of bustier and then sparklers yeah. <laughs> coming out of her chest, yeah. you know, like I see, I see people in like a, an uncle Sam costume, you know, yeah. the same deal. Yeah. Um, do you remember that movie she did truth or dare? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That do- it was like a documentary style. Hmm. Yeah, and it was just like her with her dancers talking about sex all day. <laughs> and and but she was by far like it's it's I'm not trying to demean like Lady Gaga or any of the folks or any of the ones any of the like ladies who came after Madonna, but like Madonna was doing crazy stuff like literally she was the most controversial like performer maybe of all time, um but certainly of that time. Like Crazy, like religious groups, political types hated, you know, disliked her. Um, very much like the rap community here in Southern California, right? Like NWA was also treated the same way. She got similar treatment. Like, like the people at the top of the food chain, from a political and religious standpoint, were just down on on her and and the rap community back and then. then. And then she went after the sports community because, right? Remember, Rodman was trying to be more than just a basketball star. Right. And so Kinsaco. Yeah, Canseco was he was Canseco yeah. before Rodman? I think so. I think it was before Rodman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then didn't didn't uh, she also kind of work over a Rod back in the day? There was a late late in her late in her days. There was an a Rod, a young a Rod. Yes, mm. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was actually at a Madonna concert that a Rod was at in the front row. I was not in the front row, but he was in the front. <laughs> row. I was once at a concert. And there were 15,000 people there, and A-Rod was in the front row, and I was yeah. way in the back. But I we was there. not way in the back. I did have floor seats at the stadium, oh, but he right. had way, he was like at least 30 rows ahead of me. 
but but he was there. Uh, that was when they were they were a thing for a minute there. That's when you um, can tell people you're like, yo, I was with A Rod last night. Oh, really? Yeah. What were you guys doing? We were at well, the I have concert. been uh, with A Rod. is a friend of the of the of the program here, so I, I have been around A Rod a little bit. But uh, I actually celebrated a birthday with A Rod once, not mine, his, um, in New York one time. But anyhow, wait, wait, um, you're going to you're going to you're going to leave it there. We're not going to get more. I mean, we're going to just hear that and go, oh, wait, I mean, George, does anyone want to hear me talk about do. going to dinner with A-Rod? Like, I mean, how'd that know. happen? How did that happen? This was pre J-Lo. Um, the uh, I, we just, you know, we know each other from Miami. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, I keep yeah. going. And then, like, you know, when I started working at ESPN, you know, he was still with the Yankees and he was going through his. So basically, he was going through his, you know, the PED scandal at that mm-hmm. time. Right. And remember, he was doing these interviews with like Mike Francesa in New York yep. or whatever, mm-hmm. and and going on. So I was doing first take one day, and I just said, "Look, man, let's just call this what it is. Whether it's A Rod or Roger Clemens or any of these guys, but specifically A Rod, he is the deer mantle on uh, Bud Selig's wall. Like that's mm-hmm. what this is." And, and, you know, let, let's let's be transparent here. So I hadn't heard from him in a minute, and then all of a sudden I heard from him. <laughs> he called uh, you sh- up. Yeah, he was like, yo, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man. I mean, I just, I had, you know, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like I would vote all the steroid guys in. That's just so me. would I. I mean, yeah. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, all of them. Put them all in. So, so, so he says, "Hey, I really appreciate you having my back on the air." You said, "Yeah." So well, we that's just the way we, I feel. We, we started. We we became friendly again. We just that's it, and that was it. And then you know, months, months, or year or something down the road, um, we went out to dinner, and he was like, "Hey, it's my birthday. We're gonna hang out at this restaurant. You want to come?" And I was like, "Yeah." So Who else it. is there? Uh, it was a small group. It was just like um, his a uh, couple of his friends. Uh, from uh, where he grew up with his publicist, who's also Jay Z and Beyonce's publicist, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and then just like a couple of business associates uh, and their wives, and the wives were there, and that was pretty much it. All right, we well, went to seems- Rayo's in East Harlem. Okay, now I'm satisfied. By the way, when, when dinner ends, does A Rod like physically at the table pay for the entire dinner? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, somebody did. I don't mm-hmm. know. It wasn't me. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's like a cash-only business, that place, Rayo's. The original Can I just Rayo's. ask a question? Did everybody know this story? I mean, Bergman, did you know this story? No, Laura, did you know this story? Because yep. once George tries to get off this story, like, hey, look, we got other things we're going to talk about. I don't want to turn it into a thing about me. I'm like, I want to hear more. I feel like I should have known this story, and I've never heard it before, so I'm happy that you did that, Scott. Mm-hmm. Sedano, how could you have not told that story before? I, I mean, I am not necessarily one person. I like to be right a lot. I think everyone understands that. I, I don't like to talk about my personal life very much in the sense of Wait, like. say that again. Yeah, yeah, one more time. One more time. Oh, I like to be right a lot. Yeah, I'm going to no get question. that as a drop right yeah. now. It, it's funny you say that you don't want to talk about your personal life a lot because the way you made it sound at the beginning was like, so A-Rod called me. Now he says, hey, let's go out for dinner. And then you say, and this was pre-J-Lo. And you made it sound like the two of you guys, just the, it was just you and, and, and A-Rod. No, like just no, it wasn't just you guys. It was, it was a thing. It was like a small group of people. Yeah. Very nice, by the way. Very, very nice of A-Rod to it make w- that. Very nice. A-Rod make- has always been very kind uh, to me and this show. Uh, he comes on uh, whenever we ask him to come on, and we're always very appreciative of Did it. Did you just, guys go I, to high school? I've always school? been just cool with him. Are so. you guys high school same time? Because you know he was the biggest. He star was going. two years older than I am. Okay. Um, yeah, but we did. You know, we didn't know each other really until I got into media, and then he was already a star and all that kind of stuff. So. All right, I got it. All right, well, there's a lot of old school Miami brotherhood between the two of you guys. I mean, you, A Rod, and and Pitbull. That's that's uh, that's I want to join the that foursome right there. Yeah, yes, that's the no foursome question. I want to play with. Yes, yes Dale. Uh, you know, speaking of wanting to play with, mm-hmm. you played in the NFL. You had well, you, 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 well, you were 
You were you you did have you you did get on a roster, did you not? You were on some teams, yes. I I was a I was one of those guys who was a free agent kicker, right? Who was just every summer just begging somebody to to sign me and bring me to training camp, and then you know I would I would either try and hurt the guy who was also on the team, or I'd try and act like I was hurt just to make the team. So I mean, yeah, for like a cup of coffee with a little bit of cream, tiny little bit of sweet and yeah. low, yeah, I was there for a Dude, little bit. Dude, that's more than a million, you know, millions and millions of other people can say. Very few people listening to us right now could say that so uh i think that's first of all that's awesome and people should know that um second of all if, if i'll ask you this if you had to pick one of these three quarterbacks to be your quarterback right now which would you pick jared goff justin herbert or Derek carr justin herbert one jared goff two Derek carr three really uh why Derek carr three i'm curious because of the three that you've given me a choice of, I feel like Jared Goff still might, might have upside. Derek Carr, uh, I think, is going to be in the same class ultimately when his career is over as a Matthew Stafford, uh, I'll go back a generation, a Carson Palmer, I think a, a Tony Romo. I really think that Derek Carr is going to have a, a career that you're going to be super proud of. You're going to say, this guy played in the NFL for 12 years or 15 years, and, and he's going to rack up a ton of statistics. And people might even, five, six, seven years from now, have a conversation about, is Derek Carr a Hall of Famer just because of the yards and the touchdowns, because of the longevity? Just play it out with me. But I don't know that Derek Carr is going to take his game to another level from where he is right now. Hopefully I'm wrong, by the way. I like Derek Carr a lot, and I'm a big John Gruden fan. So hopefully Gruden can turn Derek Carr into a Super Bowl champion. But if he isn't a Super Bowl champion, I think we've seen what, what, we can, what you can expect from Derek Carr. With yeah, Goff, a, a ceiling for sure. I, I can understand that. All right, let's talk Raiders okay. with our boy Paul Gutierrez, who covers mm -hmm. the Raiders for ESPN. He's part of our NFL Nation reporting group. Uh, we will talk to him in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up to Today, new users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you. Scotty Caps hanging out with you. Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for ESPN, will join us uh, in just a moment here. It is National Sandwich Day today, Cap. Did you know that? I didn't know that it was National Sandwich Day. Um, I should have a sandwich today. What is your favorite sandwich? Like, what is the go-to sandwich when you're hungry? You're like, I need to go and get me one of these. All right, I hate to admit this because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like food guilt, I think. But I really like the uh, Jersey Mike's California Club because they've got such great crispy bacon. I could eat that oh, entire vat so of bacon good. they've got there. So you good. know, bacon. Know. Anything with you had me a bacon. Mm -hmm. How about you? Basically. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, like, my favorite sandwich. Now, does, like, a burger count as, like, a sandwich? No, you no, no. No, burger, no? not a sandwich. So, no, like, no. I can't do, like, a patty melt? 
Um, a patty melt is a sandwich. A burger is not a sandwich. Okay, but okay. So a patty melt. I feel like patty melt is like in the burger family because it's still a burger in there. You know, it is. But 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 a patty melt doesn't come on a hamburger bun. A patty melt comes on a on a piece rye of bread. bread. Yeah, yeah, rye bread that's got like butter all over it, and then right. is like crisp. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's different. So I I that's my go. I I don't do it very often. Um, obviously for obvious reasons because of yeah. all the things you just outlined. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I love me a patty melt. Um, patty melts are good. They, they really are. Um, that starts to get me into other kinds of sandwiches like hot pastrami on rye, you know, like hot right. pastrami on rye is a good sandwich. Doesn't need a lot either. Doesn't yeah. need a lot on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you wholeheartedly. Um, gosh, man, I, Greg, what is your go-to sandwich? I go with the same thing every time it is rye bread with, um, Munster cheese and roast beef. I need the roast beef. It's delicious. <laughs> is that all that's on there? Is the beef? No, and the no. Cheese? It's got to, it's got tomatoes. It's got pickles. It's got uh, onions. Yeah, like I, I go with the yellow mustard. I don't use the deli mustard. I like the yellow mustard. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a good sandwich right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Laura, people who like sandwiches or they just love to talk about sandwiches because well, it's important. And lettuce. Got to forget. Don't forget the lettuce. I Laura? love turkey. I love t- the turkey club. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. Turkey club's good. Mm-hmm. Turkey club is good. Well, again, yeah. bacon. Right. I just don't want the third piece of bread in any of those sandwiches. Like, you know, sometimes they give you the top piece, the middle piece, and then the bottom piece. Right. I, I don't need the middle piece. Yeah. I'm with you, too. I don't need the middle piece. Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for our NFL Nation here at ESPN, joins us now. Paul, before we get into the Raiders, Paul Gutierrez's go-to sandwich. Today is National Sandwich Day. What is your go-to <laughs> sandwich? You know what? I'm going to go with my wife's sandwich because she has a sandwich named after her up here in Petaluma. So the Amy G uh, grinder. It's got uh, chicken breast. It's got some cheese. It's got a little bit of pesto sauce. So I'm going to go with my wife's sandwich. I love pesto on yeah. anything. Oh, my and when God. You, when you, when, if you take like a chicken breast with tomato and pesto and you put it on the right bread, like a little focaccia, um, yeah, really good. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, Paul... Are the Raiders good? I'm just going to ask it flatly like that. Like, are they good? Yeah, so we're going from sandwiches to just straight talking turkey, right? I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, are they good? They are improving. And, uh, you know, the thing in the NFL, guys, is always you are what your record says you are. So they've got a winning record right now. They've got a couple of good wins. That that win at Cleveland is nothing to, to look down at. The win against the, the, the uh, Chiefs, that's huge. And then they beat the Saints as well. So... You know, it, it's the NFL is so interesting because every week is a season unto itself. So right now they're feeling good about themselves. They went to Cleveland. They handled business. Uh, they beat not only the Browns but the Elements. They dominated the time of possession. They're a good team right now. And if the NFL does expand this thing out to 16 teams, eight per conference, they're sitting there right now as an eight seed with, with a couple of good wins uh, over the Chiefs and the and the Browns for teams that they're chasing. So uh, to answer a long-winded answer to your short question, I think they are pretty good right now. Yeah, and, and you know, George, when you look at what the Raiders have done and just you say, okay, they're, the wins that they can hang their hat on are the ones that Paul just talked about. You know, they've, they have beaten the Chiefs, their only loss of the year so far, and they did go on the road and beat the Browns. There were elements. Look, Cleveland's got some injuries all of a sudden, but they've still got a record that makes people think, wow, are the, are the Browns any good? The Rams don't have that. Like, the Rams just don't have a marquee win yet so i'm with paul here the the raiders are improving but what about the offensive line paul i had read your report 
about Trent Brown. Can you explain to us what happened there? Yeah, which one? The COVID test or the IV or the cast? <laughs> yeah, he, a lot happened to him. How about both? I know, I know yeah. this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, but the most recent thing with Trent Brown is he came off the COVID list um, and he was ready to start. He was going to start at right tackle for the Raiders. It have only been his his uh, third game of the season. The season over, he only played three snaps because of a calf injury. Then he played in the game at, at Arrowhead Stadium when they beat the Chiefs, and he was going to start here. But uh, in the midst of getting a, an IV uh, for hydration before the game, he had a, a reaction to it. NFL Network reported that it was uh, air bubbles got into his bloodstream. He got he got sick immediately, and the medical emergency medical attention had to be paid to him. He's wheeled out and spent the night in the hospital. And um, I'm told that he checked out and he was on his way back to Vegas. And if you look at his uh, Twitter feed, he's back up and at him. So he doesn't address anything of, of football importance, so to speak, on his Twitter feed or his social media. But he's on there and he's active. And as John Gruden said yesterday, um, that, that, that's the most important thing is, is his health. Uh, they want to figure out exactly what went wrong, how that happened. And they'll go from there. He didn't want to say if he was going to play this weekend at the Chargers or not. But, uh, you know, this is a, a very expensive offensive line that they really invested heavily in. And uh, the, star, the projected starters going from left to right, Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown, those guys have played a grand total of three snaps together this season. Wow. So it's something that it's a lot of hurrying up and waiting. But when they're on the field, they're pretty dominant. And uh, it's just a matter of getting them on the field to actually do their jobs. Paul Gutierrez covers the Raiders for us here at ESPN, joining us here on 710 ESPN. Um, in regards to their defense, Paul, um, if you had to pinpoint one aspect that you feel like has improved over the last year, where would you point to? Again, it's one of those things where it goes game to game. Uh, last game, they were improved in the run defense. They were able to stop the Browns from, from doing what the Raider offense did, which is control the clock, grind things down, and do it that way. Uh, the pass defense is still suspect. Uh, the pass rush is non-existent. And getting turnovers has been a, an issue all year long, too. So it just kind of is one of those things where they put together kind of a master class at Kansas City. They harassed Patrick Mahomes. They made him uncomfortable. They made him not really, you know, pull the, the rabbit out of a hat like he seems to always do anyway. So from the defensive perspective, there's still a lot of, of work to be done in the pass rush because at, at uh, Arrowhead, they were able to just go with a four-man rush, and they were, you know, Raiders of old, just four guys beating up the guy in front of them and getting to the quarterback. They haven't been able to rack up sacks thus far as we approach the midway point of the season for the Raiders. They've already had their bye, but uh, the pass defense and, and the run defense, they, they kind of work hand-in-hand, hand. but the run defense has, has been an improvement from, from previous years, but it, like I said, the, the pass rush is such a glaring deficiency that that's something they really, really need to address. Paul, let me ask you a question that George just posed to me before you came on the air. And that is, if you had to pick between three quarterbacks right now, who would you take? Would you take Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, or Derek Carr? How would you rank those three right guys? Here, right, no, right, right here right now, I'm right going to take Derek Carr simply because he does have uh, a track record. And for the first time in his seven-year career, he's playing in the same offensive system for the third straight year. It's something he's never done. And you're seeing the wheels turn with him now. Coming into the year, when they signed Marcus Mariota, you could have literally laid a bet at any at a sports book in Vegas and said, okay, what week is Mariota going to replace Derek Carr? Because mm -hmm. to me, I've, I've covered this team since 2005 or one way or another up in the Bay Area and in Las Vegas now. I also used to cover a lot of L.A. Raider games uh, when Jay Schrader was there and Bo wow. Jackson and Marcus mm -hmm. and those guys. And To me, there's no more polarizing figure in Raider history 
than Derek Carr because people either love him or they absolutely want to move on from him. And yet right now, he's the least of their problems. So when you throw those three guys up there, and I, and I see what you do with the Chargers, the Rams, and the Raiders uh, quarterbacks, I, you know, the, the track record for Derek is a lot longer, and uh, he's getting more and more comfortable in John Gruden's system. You see him extend plays by taking off and running. And he does have the arm talent. It's just a matter of him. He's not the gunslinger he used to be. But then again, this uh, West Coast offense doesn't call for a gunslinger. It calls for more of a game manager. And I, I know that's a dirty word, but but you saw it on full display in Cleveland this past weekend. Last one for you. Paul Gutierrez covers the Raiders joining us here on 710 ESPN. How would you say Gruden has most evolved since coming back to coaching? I think in the way he handles the quarterbacks. Uh, when he was around the first time uh, – the quarterbacks were his favorite whipping boys. And you saw he and Rich Gannon getting into it on the sidelines. And Rich Gannon improved from it and for it. This is a different, uh, you know, these are the millennials, general Z, uh, Generation Zs, I guess, or, or the millennials. Uh, he, he, he's got to handle the quarterbacks, Derek Carr in particular, with not necessarily with kick gloves, but with more of a kinder understanding, a kinder, gentler Chucky, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Chucky still comes out every now and again. But that was the one thing that Gruden definitely had to work on that first year was not blasting Derek nonstop because you don't know. Does he need attaboys on the butt or does he need a kick in the butt? And finding that uh, immediate, that middle ground is exactly where John, in my opinion, has, has kind of uh, found himself now in his second go-round in his third year in his second go-round. Paul Gutierrez covers the Raiders for us, part of the NFL Nation group here at ESPN. Thank you, brother. I know you were running around with the kids. Thanks for squeezing us in, man. Thanks for the time, as always. Appreciate it. All good, guys. Take care. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go grab one of those sandwiches right now. Go, go do it. Yeah, for go. sure, man. All right, Paul Gutierrez with us here. Thanks to him for stopping by. Hey, coming up in about three minutes, we are going to give you what you need to know, including some interesting stuff in regards to the NFC West that's going on right now. And right as the 5 o'clock hour starts, we are going to remember the 24th anniversary of Kobe Bryant's debut. All that stuff is coming up here in just a second. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Kobe Bryant's debut was 24 years ago. We'll get to that in a second. But first... Scotty Caps, you're here today, and thank you again for joining us today on oh, Election pleasure. Day and National Sandwich Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of COVID talk uh, in the NFL. Andy Dalton will miss his next start. Not that the Cowboys – look, at this point, the Cowboys were a disaster regardless uh, of who started. Uh, but also John Elway has also contracted the virus. It feels like the NFL's got a little Major League Baseball feel to it. Where Remember early in the Major League Baseball season – Things were a little wild when it came to COVID, and they had to kind of figure out how to how to make it all work uh, within their constructs. It feels like they're struggling right now at this point. Well, I'll start off with this, George. Andy Dalton, poor guy. Yeah. I mean, two weeks ago, he got his head knocked off. Yes. I mean, like literally was going yeah. to the ground, and the defender from the Washington football team yeah. knocked his head off clean off the the other players from the Washington team had their hands on their heads like oh my god I can't believe what he just did so Andy Andy Dalton goes from oh my goodness I'm the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys to I just got my head knocked off to now I've got COVID so right. tough times for for Andy Dalton John Elway you know I, I don't know what what people do in their their when they're away from the building here's what I do know teams that go on buys for example the Rams or the Cleveland Browns for example their coaches can't leave. Their families can't leave. I mean, they're, they're not bubbled, but they're told not to do anything. So right. I wonder what John Elway's been up to. But listen, this could get anybody at any time. You never know. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're listening to KSBN Los Angeles. And lastly, before we get on to Kobe and some big news in the NBA today for one of the Lakers' rivals, we'll get to that in a second, uh, but the Bucks activate Antonio Brown. Scott, are you on the Antonio Brown bandwagon? Like, would you give him another chance if you were a general manager like the Bucks did? Only one general manager can pull this off, and his name is Tom Brady. Look, I think Antonio Brown would be a major headache for everybody else. But if you're the Buccaneers and you're loading up for this year in particular because the Super Bowl is at your place and you've got Tom Brady, you do everything you can to win. And Brady said, I got it. I'll handle it. And they said, but, but Tom, what happened in New England last time? That's Belichick. You know him. I'll let him move in with me. I'll have my security on him. I'll have, I'll have cameras on him. Antonio Brown is my issue. And if you're Tom Brady and you want him, you get him. Yeah, I agree. I think that there is a very specific scenario, and this happens to be that specific scenario. That's what you need to know. Presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Um, so today is, and do you believe in numerology, Scott? Because today's the 24th anniversary of Kobe Bryant's debut, and obviously he wore the number 24, so there's a lot of stuff. Look, I, I still find myself, okay, and, and maybe there's people in the audience that feel that way too, and Greg and Laura uh, maybe yourself as well, I still find myself sometimes referring to him in the present tense, and it's been almost a year since he's been gone. It's just it's just really weird. But, man, like, do you find yourself doing that at all, you know, when referencing him? Like, you, you still reference by accident. You're, like, in the present tense, and then you're called, you know, you kind of catch yourself. So yesterday we were talking about Danny Green and how Danny Green had um, said that the reason that the Clippers – didn't get it done this year. It was all karma. It was too right. much talk. It was all hype, whatever. Yeah. And I found myself saying this. Who is Danny Green? Seriously, what is Danny Green? Who is he? Magic Johnson? Is he? And I, I was, the next words out of my mouth were Kobe Bryant. And I literally stopped myself from saying it because I just, I was like, oh my God, it's such a natural thing to say. Mm -hmm. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. But in this, this, this context with which we were having this conversation, I didn't want it to come out sounding wrong. So the answer is yes, that I, I still have a hard time believing that Kobe Bryant, who was not only such a brilliant basketball player and had this electric smile and had recovered and rebounded his career after you know what had happened in the early 2000s and, and, and was known as such a great champion, it's it's. And then, by the way, moved on to the next part of his life where he was dad and husband and movie producer and entrepreneur and all these other things that he was. And you think to yourself, man, his, he had so much more. And so, yes, I find myself oftentimes thinking present tense and, and forgetting that Kobe's not actually really here. Greg, uh, let's start with you. Do you find yourself catching yourself like that when you talk about him? All the time. I, it's very difficult. I can't even bring myself to talk about him in the past tense he's just kobe everything is always present with him right now and despite it being almost a year like you said I, he's i mean he's just still alive to me it's crazy yeah it is wild laura do you catch yourself doing that too yeah 100 percent. i feel like for me when i talk about him it's still like he's here because that's how i feel and i feel like maybe because i'm a huge fan but even people that weren't fans of kobe still feel like that it just feels surreal but then yeah. 2020 yeah. What now? When you think back to his like like rookie year, like what kind of sticks out? Like Scott, like what are your early memories of remembering Kobe Bryant? You know, on the day that 
you know, today being his, the 24th anniversary of his debut. You know, George, when I heard you say it, that it was the 24 years of his debut, I thought to myself, what do I remember about Kobe Bryant's debut? And my answer is nothing. Right. I don't remember anything from Kobe Bryant's debut. What I remember is before the draft, hearing about this kid who is playing in this Philadelphia suburb at this private school, Lower Marion High School. And if you know the area, you know that, listen, that's not, that's not a tough part of town, if you will. He was not playing in the inner city. He wasn't playing against the best of the best. Um, he was playing against guys like you and me in high school. You know what I'm saying? Right. We were his teammates. So I remember thinking, like, who is this kid? Why does this kid think that he's able to do this? He's not 6'11". He's, you know, he's a 6'5 guy. And right. so I remember before Kobe was actually drafted into the NBA, and then I also, I think the one thing I really remember, and I think probably a lot of people do as well, is the, the playoff series. I can see Del Harris sitting on the bench, and right. I remember thinking to myself, why is this kid who's like 18 or 19 at the time why is he bombing away like that? He, kid, give the ball up. But little did we know at the time right. that that's who was inside of that body. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he, um, you know, he, he didn't score in his debut. He played six minutes. He only took one shot, and he missed it. Uh, he had a rebound and a block um, in that particular game. But, you know, he had some moments, uh, certainly in his rookie year. I mean, people look back, you know, he averaged just under eight points a game or whatever it was. But even in that playoff run, there's a lot of memories about, you know, and people will tell you. Um, and he was one to tell you that these failures are what led him to be um, as great as he was, right? Like, we all remember the air balls against Utah and whatnot. But, you know, you also got to remember he had some big games in those playoff runs uh, in that first season. He had, like, a 19-point game. He had, like, a 20-something point game uh, on the way to that. Like, Greg, like, what are your early memories of Kobe as today is the 24-year anniversary of his debut? I mean, it really was the, the air balls against Utah. That's what you remember the most. And with what he brought himself to. It's funny, you were talking about how in the first game he was he went scoreless. You know only 11 times in his career did he go scoreless in a right. game? and that was one of them, yes. Yes, that was, yeah. I mean, that's crazy for a guy like that. And he that. was 17. He wasn't even 18 yet. No, I mean, he took one shot to go wow. scoreless. But still, I, to think about it that way, that only 11 times in his 20 years that he went scoreless... That's very hard to do, but I remember just the early, early games of the, the air balls, and I remember the 2000 uh, the, in the three-peat with Shaq for the most part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Laura, what, what sticks out to you of early Kobe Bryant as we remember kind of the 24th anniversary here of his debut? So I actually didn't get into basketball until like 99. So for me, I don't... So right before they started winning championships. Yeah, but I... <laughs> no well because my dad I was the one that kind of um like looked for it because in my house it was boxing typical Mexicanos you yeah, know for sure and baseball so and soccer and soccer probably yeah right? soccer yeah. I, yeah. I hate soccer but other than that like those are the three sports that were in my house and yeah. when people were talking about you know um Michael Jordan I was like ooh, and that's how I got into basketball so I didn't really fully understand the sport until like End of 98, 99. How so, much grief did you get in your house for not liking <laughs> soccer? Like, do you still get grief? Yes. My mom always tells me I'm not a real Mexican because I don't like soccer. I'm like, but, I don't but care. But yet you tell people they're not real Mexican if they like Taco Bell. 
Okay. Sounds pretty hypocritical. I mean, I would not. agree. I'm I would agree. Shut my mic off now and go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so where's that? Wrong. Where's my man in Gardena? Is it Ma- Manuel? Manuel? Manuel in Gardena needs to call in to just to tell you if you didn't like that. You know, you gave him grief because he likes eating Taco Bell. And he's Mexican, <laughs> and you don't like soccer. So I would imagine uh, that he will be calling up soon uh, to hit you up. Um, yeah. You it, know, it really, can I just say one thing? I, yeah, I'm for Ju- sure. I, I'm Jewish, okay, and I like Einstein's bagels. Now, I get it. It's not exactly, you know, the East Coast, New York City kind of bagel. I got yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's it's Californiaized. But still, Laura, mm-hmm. I mean, I can be a Hebrew brother and still like <laughs> and still like Einstein's bagels, you know. So you yeah. can be, I believe, I don't know the unwritten rules, but I, I do believe you can be Mexicano and still te gusta Taco Bell. Yeah. I have mom's cooking at home, so I feel like... <laughs> No, but then this all started months ago, Scott, because I I said that I and look, Taco Bell's great, especially if you're late at night, it's open, right? You need something to eat, right? I get it. You know what I mean? Like I'm in on all that. I'm in on Del Taco. Uh, My thing is in regular normal hours, right? Non-pandemic world, okay? (laughs) There are here in Southern California, there's so many great taco places that (laughs) Just fast food chains in general, not just isolating Taco Bell, but fast food chains in general. Like I would be like, eh, I'd rather just stop at a taco truck and get like the real stuff, you know? I do know. Now, tell me about something I should know about called King Taco, George. Oh, Laura's going to not love this. She does, She's not. She thinks King Taco, is, it's an upgrade from like the American fast food, but it's still not as like authentic Laura, is that the best way to describe it? As authentic as you would like it to be? Yes, and I have Karen yelling in my ear <laughs> about what? Yeah, I'm not a fan of King Taco. I will do Tacos El Gordo, which there's one in like Ooh, a, yeah, in Vegas, good, yeah. and there's one in San Diego, I believe, in TJ. But like that, I would do. Like I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Or guisados, I'm all in on that. Yeah, you know. But like King Taco is like you got to be really drunk. And yeah. that's your go-to because it, it, it's better. It's better than the Americanized versions, uh, I would say. But it is fast foodish, is the way I would I'm, describe it. I'm gonna shock you right now. I would rather eat Taco Bell than King Taco. Okay. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. That's a controversial okay. statement right there. <laughs> that is controversial. George, uh, you, you talk about um, really quick. You talk about fast food and you know times of day where you might order this. The other night, um, I I don't know how this happened, but a friend of mine was trying to call DoorDash and like yeah. order a bunch of stuff. Did I tell you this? And wound up ordering like two hundred and fifty dollars of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh no! I, I haven't had Kentucky Fried Chicken in like twenty five years. Oh my god, it was bomb! Oh my god, Kentucky Fried so Chicken good. is good. I mean, it it's bomb. Not, it, it is good. It's good. Like I I grew up on Kentucky Fried Chicken. Every every like it was like there was a certain day on the during the week that mom and dad would be like, we're eating KFC today. And uh, and that was it. That's how we did it. And when you know, I I grew up in a very you know lower middle class neighborhood and lower middle class family. Uh, parents worked multiple jobs, all that stuff. And there was a lot of fast food. There was uh, there was KFC one night. Fridays we'd do burgers from like Burger King or McDonald's, and um, you know we'd do pizza one night, and you know from Domino's or whoever Pizza Hut or whatever it was. And <laughs> I know and, this. And, I understand. <laughs> and that's that's how we rolled. So yeah. I'm I'm with you. I haven't had it in a long time either. Uh, but I, I love fried chicken. I that love fried chicken. Um, my favorite fried chicken place here in L.A., uh, 
other than Roscoe's, uh, is a place called Yardbird at the Beverly Center. It's uh, a sit-down place. It's kind of a little fancy, but it's really good, and the drinks are fantastic. Uh, all right, coming up next, I didn't get to one of the Lakers' foes. One of the Lakers' rivals could be making a big move to compete with the Lakers. We'll tell you about that in just a second.